Recruiter, you didn't sign up for a world where you spend all day in the DMs of strangers. You're ignored, rejected. Those people don't know you. That's about to change. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 26 of the Content Recruiter podcast. And today we've got two esteemed guests. Delighted to have both Benja and Sophia with us. So Benja is an engineer turned employer brand expert. He's been the CEO of Local Glimpse now for a, a few years and, and the agency that fundamentally believes in amplifying the voice of the people inside of the business. And alongside Sophia, they are the co-creators of the Hire With Content Masterclass. Now, Sophia is a recruitment marketing professional. She's worked with some serious brands with plenty of tactical experience on how to deliver recruitment marketing without huge budgets. The Hire With Content Masterclass has been devised by Benjamin and Sophia over, over the last few months now and, and is really, really interesting. The reason why I wanted to get both Benjamin and Sophia onto the show is because all of us just fundamentally believe that there's a better way to recruit. And all of us believe that the way to do that is through creating a content strategy that drives candidates into, into the funnel of recruits inside of the business. So the masterclass is a five-week program and it runs through various elements of content creation and distribution, um, all the way from how to recruit with content through to measuring the results and understanding where your ideal candidates exist. So welcome to the show, Benjo, Sophia, how are you feeling? Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having us. I feel like so. we should woo this 26th episode. Yes, we should. Yeah, Let's we, woo it. Woo! I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> you suggested that. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'm not at all premeditated, so thanks, Ben. <laughs> thanks so for the kind been, uh, intro. Yeah, exactly. exactly. My pleasure. And uh, really excited to have you both. We obviously on this podcast, we've been banging the drum now along with Nate and the folks over at, at Before You Apply. We've been banging the drum about how important content is for recruiters in today's world based on like where people discover brands and the types of platforms that people are discovering brands on. What drove you, obviously you've both got separate experiences out of recruitment, you've worked together before on different projects, but what drove you to feeling like there was the opportunity to create something like the masterclass now for people inside of recruitment? Well, I mean, to me, I've been an in-house TA person for over five years now. So working very closely with other TA professionals and also seeing everything that's going around in the world right now, it's gone from hypergrowth to, to layoffs to hypergrowth again. What I can see is that in all of the departments that I've been in and all the TA teams that I know of, none of them are really like hardcore focusing on how to attract talents. There's no no designated person doing it. It's a field that oftentimes get down prioritized by other things. So to me, I just felt like it's time that we actually help teams that maybe right now with the crazy world that we're in it right now, start looking at what can we do with what we have. Some might not be able to collaborate with big agencies or they might still do, but still want to take control over their own content creation and really start producing or start producing things that matters for their candidates. So to me, I, I just feel like it's time to, to start talking. You and I have been talking about this for a long time, but yeah. coming from a TA team, I, I see the value that if they just shift their mindset from a pro reactive to a proactive one, that could really help. Yeah. And I mean, I think like, regardless of 
if you have budget or not, because we see large teams having like huge budget and spending like huge amount of money on like really fancy employee branding campaign who are basically providing zero information and zero um, yeah, like relevant knowledge for a candidate to make a decision. And so I know personally, I came into this world completely by mistake with like no HR background. Like you said at the beginning, I'm originally an engineer. I worked with marketing a little bit at the beginning of my career and, and I ended up by mistake sort of observing and looking at the way people were marketing their, yeah, their themselves as an employer. And what I saw is that people were just going to just starting with maybe like their EVP. They were like, that was this big word EVP. I was like, what the hell is an EVP? Like I had no idea. And like, everybody seemed to be like, and still today, everybody seems to be quite attached to that thing. Like, oh, we must build our EVP in order to know what we stand for. I'm like, don't you work there? Don't you know what you're like, don't you know what is it that you're interested in? And, and it also assumes that everybody thinks in the same way. Everybody is attached to the same value and attached to the same ways of working. When you know for a fact that different teams are working in a different way, whether or not the culture is unified, there is different teams working in different ways. And this is what the candidate actually want to know. They're more interested in getting to know their managers. They're more interested in getting to know their peers, but all you get served is like, oh, the, we're like a chocolate brand and we're going to change the world, right? Or we're building a CRM and this is revolutionizing, blah, blah, blah. And you go like, okay, first of all, none of this is believable. But second of all, that's not the information that candidates actually want to know. Plus, I feel like we've been stuck in this like employer branding buzzword and EVP buzzword and just in the strategy phase for so, so long now that no one is actually like pushing something out. Or if they do, it might be a great polished video with no really sense of reality or like, oh, that's really what it feels like to work there. And like all those things. But we're still just stuck on we should do something. And then a lot of people don't know exactly what the next step then is. So then they get stuck in just we need an EVP. Yeah. But when they've done an EVP, it's just fantastic. We have an EVP now. But it's more about the activation stage that really drives me right now that I want to put people forward, build brand inside out and put out content that provides value to, to the audience and make them relevant. Provides value. The, provides the, value. The, the That's all we're talking about. <laughs> the hidden word. The hidden word. Is that the forbidden word? The forbidden word. Is that, yeah. this, this post about, we, we saw oh, a post yeah. on LinkedIn True. where someone was trashing, everybody was going like, you need to stop saying adding value. It doesn't mean anything. Run for the hills. And we're like, yeah, we, so I, I guess it's like we have a, maybe a different definition. I guess definition. that's the next buzzword though, yeah, to like probably. say that we're creating content that provides value. But okay, if we take what that actually means, mm. <laughs> that's where I want to focus. Yes, like getting to know for real, like getting the same way marketing is getting real, hopefully real customer insights. It's time to get real candidate insights and use those insights as a source to create the content you want to, to, yeah. you want to use to attract the people. I, so there's so much of that, that I like. So the biggest thing that I like, and I'm not, I don't want to sit here for like 
half an hour, 45 minutes just trashing EVPs because I'm sure they've got some value somewhere. And and you two might have even seen like where an EVP has come to life and transformed the hiring fortunes of companies around the world. I'm skeptical. But um, the insights thing, okay, so let, let's go back a second. So I think for this for this specific episode, there was there was three things that I wanted to focus on given like your experience, both on kind of agency side, employer brand agency side, but also in-house with you as well, Sophia was. So it's day one and you've got a bunch of recruiters who are thinking about how they can attract talent. What should, what's the next logical step that they should think about, they should think about doing inside of their business that isn't calling an agency and saying, hey, we need, we need to do EVP. Can we spend six months developing this thing at great cost and then give us a nice deck at the end of it to tell us how great we are? What, what's the most cost-effective kind of version one way of saying we need to figure out why people want to join this business? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Are you thinking conversation? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you and I, same person now. Okay, it's the power of, <laughs> no, you take it. it's the power of conversation. Like we've been, I feel like this is becoming a meme internally. Like mm. we've been repeating this over and over again. You don't even need to create content, like forget content. Like if you're, if you're yeah. in there, like forget content creation for a minute, like go and talk to people, go and talk to hiring managers, go and talk to employees, go and talk to candidates. There is a high likelihood that you're spending your days back to back in meetings with these people. So just set a three to five minute portion of that time aside to figure out what the hell they care about. Like, what is it that they are actually interested in? How come they applied? How come they're still here? what made them apply for the candidate, what is the expectation on the hiring, man hire, hiring manager side. And so keep asking those questions, keep being super curious, keep being conversational. Mm. And, and all of this is going to be an infinitely better source of insights for you to create whatever content you're going to end up doing. Mm. And so you might create like a, a really simple three question interview at the end, but those three questions are going to be based on those first insight that you know are from candidates and they are real questions that people actually want the answer to. You know what's interesting about that? Before Christmas, I got asked to take part in a brief survey with a research agency who specialized in talent, basically. And the, the kind of overarching theme of the survey was can you tell us a little bit more about the intake meetings that you have with hiring managers? And so this idea of you sit down with a hiring manager, they tell you what role that they have that they need filling, and you you take their their 8,000 word job description, you spend 20 minutes with them across the table, they tell you all the little nuancey bits about the role, and then you disappear. As a recruiter, you never get taught, and, and again, Sophia, your experience might be different on this, and... Um, or the mine anyway, but as a recruiter, you never get taught how to sit there and almost build a persona alongside a hiring manager on what the ideal person looks like based on the things that they actually enjoy doing or based on the challenges that the company has at that time that they're actually trying to solve to then go create the piece of content that's going to land the type of people that will that will be successful in, in the company. It always just feels like a tick box 
go get a job, almost like a job description curation exercise. That's basically what intake meetings are today. Go find out the salary, go find out if it's remote and tell us when you need this person. Like, What's your experience of this stuff, Sophia? I would say I was in that situation, but I'm not there anymore because I kind of got tired that people gave me these long wish lists that's like, here you go, go and find. And to me, I was like, there's so much more to that go and find. We're talking about people here to begin with. It's people changing jobs. A lot of feelings going into that person. They don't know if they're, I mean, go from high hopes to to just devastated if they lose or they get rejected from the, their dream job. So to me, I really wanted to bring that human perspective into that conversation and, and have a conversation like we talked about. But to me then, it was so important to kind of stick up for TA in a sense in that meeting and be like, okay, this is my craft. It is a craft. So let me guide you into what the world looks like out there. So what I did in those meetings was to really figure out, okay, what is the purpose of this role? I don't care how many years of experience someone has, like that doesn't matter right now. I want to, I want to understand what the purpose of this role is. How will this role bring value into the organization so that I can understand the bigger picture of I've been in the gaming industry now. So say, for example, a game developer, how will this game developer help us move forward or technical animator or gameplay program, whatever it might be. But I, as a recruiter, I'm not working as a developer every day. So I need to understand what they are going through and what is required in that position. So to me, I would highly suggest everyone to start with what the purpose is, what are the responsibilities of that specific role and what are the competences that you need? And again, like you and I talked about the other day, that's when hiring managers oftentimes come with a long wish list, long wish list of find me the unicorn. Exactly. And that's where you as a recruiter have to challenge and be like, that's not reasonable. You need to have the what's really required in order to do this job really good. What's the outcome? that exactly. you want the person who's going to come here. What's going to be the outcome of that person on the team, on the company, on the role yeah. specifically? So to me, the conversation going back then to where should you start with your content strategy? I would start right then and there. Start to collect information about what this role is really about. And then say job ads. We all know that there are some pretty bad job ads out there. But to me, this workshop and this like insights that I got from these meetings, they actually helped me to build job ads more in a storytelling way because I could then understand what, how would this person need to be able to communicate in a good way. I could understand that, okay, this, this person needs to be able to give feedback and needs to be able to, I don't know, participate in workshops. Like all these things yeah. would just build onto like a bigger picture of who we are actually looking for for the company to to move forward. So that's where I would start, to sit down with the com- and have a proper conversation and not just letting hiring managers provide you with a list and like go and find, because there's so much more going into that that I'm so tired of seeing is still ongoing and still happening. It's, it's so weird because it's stupidly simple because you do it with your family, you do it with your friends every day, you do it like it's, it's just a human behavior, like you are inherently decent at holding a conversation, people might be more introvert or extrovert, but you are inherently okay at, at being somewhat curious about someone. And it's like, 
we go to work, we get into like this, this sort of like shelf of something. And then like, we can't have a normal conversation anymore. It has to be like, here's what I want. Please go find it. It becomes so stiff. And, and this is where like, so that stiffness in the first conversation that you have goes all the way to sometimes like massive million dollar project where no one has ever questioned, like, does anybody actually want to hear this? Does, is anybody interested in what we have to say? Or, or like, is this realistic that we want to find a junior unicorn for our like low paid job here? Like, is that, is that a realistic expectation instead of just like, yeah, just, just talking. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. I wonder if, you know, I've never really thought about it like this, but this conversation is kind of inspiring these thoughts. I wonder if sometimes, and I, I genuinely felt this before, specifically when I'm, when I'm in more technical roles and Sophia, you've done the, the gaming stuff as well. I worked for a gaming agency for about six, six months. And honestly, I did not have a clue what these roles meant when I walked through the door. Like, right. <laughs> no idea. And and when I sat down with like the creative director or the art director or the head of technical, they were just throwing words at me. Like we need this person to do X, that as well. And there's almost like a level of, I hate, like genuinely hate the term imposter syndrome. I despise it. Mm-hmm. But there's almost a level of that as a recruiter when you when you think about like the technicalities of the role. If you don't feel like you've got a good understanding of it, then you don't feel like you can go to market and talk about the position. But actually, have we viewed this in the wrong way? Like we should 100% just be trying to wrong way. Yes. Yeah, that... like, just the wrong way, isn't it? We, we should be trying to look yeah. at just like one or two key elements that this person can solve or, or the things that are going to enhance this person's life and then sell those things. Don't worry about the technical stuff because the chances are, if you're, if you're looking for an art director of a gaming agency... They understand. I, they, they already know. Exactly. The Who cares if you do? Like, it doesn't matter if you understand. Yeah, but also, understand. if you just have a general understanding of what that means, that's good. That's perfect. But when you start talking to candidates, they know that you are not the person to ask for the art direction for the maybe specific software. It's like none of that really matters. But you as a recruiter, you can explain more about culture, about weekly happenings. You can talk more about the team in general, who they exist. Like, there's so many other things that we can that we can share, except for these like nifty gritty things that, like you said, an art director can talk to some other one in the team that can provide proper value also to share what's true. Yeah. Where should we be doing this? Like, where, where obviously we talk about, I know we both love the, or we all love the add value thing. Um, so let, let's talk about that for a second. We, we where, where should we be like adding value? So we've had the conversations with hiring managers. We've kind of, we've, we've figured out what makes a role or a company attractive and the mission that they're on and all that good stuff. Once we've, once we've figured that stuff out, I feel like there's an element of almost like paralysis within creating content then because people are, have got these brand guardrails they're scared about putting the wrong thing out and then you are doomed because the brand police get hold of it and nothing gets distributed then for about eight years um, in my experience perfect <laughs> so, <laughs> great make it broad, broadly speaking yeah so what what should like recruiters need to relax i think on on the type of stuff i guess put out but does it make more sense to or, or you to get this conversation what should or what platform should recruiters start testing on? And like, how should they figure this out? Like which platforms work best and what type of content should they distribute on, on certain platforms? Like, have you got any views on this? Um, yes. 
Uh, I'm so glad because that's the whole basis of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no views at all. No, that, that, would, that would be our <laughs> Swedish way of replying to that last question. <laughs> it was a close question. We would just say yes and wait for more. <laughs> One thing, and I think I, I would like to connect this to the, the previous answer, previous topic about imposter syndrome. One of the things that I think is, is important to consider is you're supposed to create content that is going to be relatable to other candidates that are interested in that particular job, meaning that you as a content creator, recruiter, whatever you are in the middle, your job is not to dumb things down and make them understandable for the general public. And mm -hmm. I think this is where most content creation go wrong. It's, it's where people, I think it's where content creation go wrong when recruiters or even agencies try to take a concept and go like, everybody, you need to understand how we work with whatever, like quality testing or quality engineering. And in reality, no one cares, like no one cares except the other quality engineers that in opposite wants to know the really nitty gritty, the details of how is it that you're doing in your team? How is your team structured? How is, how are you collaborating between the different engineers in the different departments? And, and these are like the core aspect that somehow get lost in the content creation, because we keep wanting to create content that is too general, that is not specific to a specific role. And, and so like to get started, I would really take one or two or three specific aspects of the role, ideally something you don't even understand yourself as a recruiter and use those as a way to, to guide the conversation you're going to have with an employee in order to create that content. And so for me, that merges into your, into like your current question, which is like, okay, what platform or, or like wh where should someone get started? In the, in the content masterclass, we're getting everybody started with a video, just nice. to give you like an insight. The reason we get started with the video, it's because it's a base format where you can use that format and repurpose it almost to infinity into articles, carousel, quote, graphic, anything you wish. Mm -hmm. But I understand that this might require also some learnings and some, some like education on your side. If you really, really want to get super simple and like get started from, from zero, I would start with text post on LinkedIn, just yeah. pure text post. Look at your target audience on LinkedIn. How are they interacting? Look at the employees that you have in your organization, figure out two to three specific aspect of the role and ideally the role you're also recruiting for, and then go and use those specific answers, potentially in a text post that you publish yourself, which most likely is not going to do so much because your network is probably made of other talent acquisition specialists, which are not going to care about that detail specific role, but maybe go and look for places where conversation is happening in those roles that you're trying to hire for, and then you and potentially comment the specificity of your company and how you do things within engineering, quality testing, or, or things like that. Nice. That's, that's really smart. We, uh, we sat down on the podcast before Christmas and spoke to a lady called Agnes Billick, who produces and distributes podcasts for, for TA teams as well. 
and and she was of a similar like very similar opinion to you having these sorts of conversations over zoom which enable you to get the video the audio the clips to put it in Descript, to get the text and then create like there's so much potential off the back of this in terms of like the format that this conversation drives on zoom it pretty much covers every every angle of, of written video audio doesn't it and and one thing that I think is holding recruiters back from from doing this stuff is that organic content takes time to build an audience and like we know that when you are up against it and new recs are coming in and hiring managers are demanding uh, roles to be filled quickly the last thing you can do is start playing around with with content on linkedin that doesn't drive any sort of any sort of attribution on the hires because you you TA leaders starting to to understand or trying to understand what you're doing basically, and I, and I think that's like a, a real problem inside of the industry. After the chat with Agnes about podcasts, it kind of threw up this thing of actually what you just said there gives you or gives the recruiters the content to enable them to do their job better. If they still want to do outbound recruitment, they can still lead with content through outbound. Like it just makes yes. total sense to do it. It doesn't have to be exactly. this organic thing of going onto a social feed and posting a clip with the CTO. It could actually just be outbound as it is today. We're just the next better version of it, right? Yeah. I mean, like any customer insight, candidate insight, employee insight, anything mm. you can get that is real about something that people actually want mm. is going to make whatever outreach, whatever yeah. content whatever strategy in a more human more relatable way so it's not i don't think content like we're not talking about like we're not talking only about organic content we're not talking about like paid ads or i think this idea of like holding meaningful insightful conversation mm -hmm. is applicable through the entire funnel through your entire strategy it will just make all these strategies better I agree. I think I agree with you, though, Nathan, that this is a problem that that I see and been seeing for a while. I just think that like hiring managers, they're always or there's always going to be this urgent need of filling a position like we're probably never, ever going to move away from that. We can hope and have fingers crossed that we can have like headcount documents shared so that we can work proactively in order to find those positions. But I still feel like people are going to resign and then it's going to be backfills and all of that. So that's, that is a part of the job. But at the same time, I feel like if you are starting with your content creation, if you are starting to put yourself out there with these conversations, and if you're showing how you work and with who you work with and what someone can become at your organization, then you already have a foundation. So once you have that urgent need, it will be much easier to, start creating content for that unique position 100%. rather than always always starting from zero and being like like you said and hiring manager coming to your desk and be like it would be awesome if we could have this person start yesterday that would be fantastic then you're like so far behind you're probably going to get blocked because you don't get your creative like space and then you're probably going to continue creating content that we see today just we're hiring posts because that's yeah. that's the level of create creativity that we see out there. So to me, I would say start making talent attraction and content creation a prioritized, like put some time away or put some time to actually focus on it. And like you and I 
started talking with, like, if you actually have recording days, like if you prepare yourself, if you pre- prepare and, and gather a few workers that you have, and then you have maybe one day when you record a lot of material. I understand that people are not comfortable in front of camera. That's that's fine. But if possible to record audio and video, that can really just become this amazing content engine for you going forward in order to continue to create content from that recording day. So where should someone start? Just talking and start actually like record and capture these conversations. Like start with that. But I guess people's questions are like, where do you start? Yeah. I I don't know. Like I, I, in a way, like I know that, I think it's easier for us to say, I'll start with a video or start with a podcast and mm. a Zoom thing. Because we do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's practical. I don't think it's that practical for most recruiters out there who do not have like the intention to become like a content recruiter or who do not have, we're not like, where their boss has not been like, hey, you should go and take like higher with content masterclass. I don't think that's like, that's already someone who has understood the need and they're like Mm -hmm. given the mandate to sort of take a part of their time and do that. Mm -hmm. I think for those who are interested in getting started, asking them to go on and record a video, that's going to be too much. And so I think that really the best way to, to, to do is actually to integrate the insights into their current outbound strategy. So say that they're going to send a cold DM on LinkedIn, the ones we love to receive the, these ones just focus on making these ones 10% better, 1% better and use the insights from the conversation. So focus on getting conversation. And then when you're going to go and send your like weekly or daily, like 20 DM on LinkedIn, like instead of going like, hello, blah, blah, blah. We would love to have you on our company, blah, blah, blah. Instead (laughs) you go like, Hey, I noticed that you were part of this and I wanted to share this particular piece of testimonial from our QA engineer that talks about our current issues or our current challenges in the space. Let me know if that would be something that you would find fun to solve with us. And, and you're still in your outbound, you're still, but the only thing you're doing is you're just utilizing those insights into your strategy. And that's a much lower threshold to get started. And once you have like, you, once you, first of all, you're going to get better reply on your DM. That's the first step. Someone who's actually taking the time to understand who you are and what kind of insight you might be interested in. And once you get there, maybe you might like upgrade or graduate to, uh, posting something on your own or like commenting on a conversation amongst other QA engineer or, um, getting your hiring manager to post some of these insights as a distribution play. So you, you, you sort of like graduate from, from your outbound to actually publishing something yourself. And then as you get more and more comfortable, you can like start picking up skills on like recording audio, recording video, and, and maybe like increase your, your yeah, knowledge. Actually, you know where I would start? I would actually start with asking candidates. Like the ones that actually apply to your positions, mm-hmm. what are their most frequent asked questions? Is it what's the, the work from home policy? policy? What, what is the salary? Like, like all these things that the candidates ask for when you have, say, phone screening calls or phone interviews, start 
writing those down and go to Canva or whatever content tool that you have and kind of make like, I don't know, slideshow, something short, sweet, but that answers these questions that that you most often get, get asked and start posting them. You know, you know what, Sophia, that is, we, we, it was for the gaming company that I was, uh, no, in fact, it wasn't for the gaming company, it was a contract afterwards. Um, we we always felt, or I, I still have this feeling as a, a kind of freelance recruiter today that the interview process <laughs> is so unnatural that it feels like it's just basically two egos at either side of a table, isn't it, talking about the best version <laughs> of themselves. You very rarely get a candidate who comes into a table and goes, I'm really crap at this and this and this. And so like that would be amazing. And, I, and I'd love that honesty, but but it doesn't it doesn't usually happen. And so I actually think candidates are often nervous when they're in the process about asking questions that can make themselves either sound um, a little bit silly at times, mm-hmm. or or questions that perhaps don't don't have relevance to the process. Even things like you know, do they want to talk about like bonuses too early? Oh, what will happen if I ask a recruitment mm-hmm. about bonuses? Does that mean I'm only like driven by this one thing? So we set up like this anonymous mm-hmm. landing page, and all it was was a drift the drift chatbot straight through to the same recruiter which was but a landing page was designed like the questions going through to the hiring manager and in most instances it like if it was a more complex question it was going through to the hiring manager if it was a technical question or size of team or how they wanted to grow in the future like the hiring manager could handle that but we got a lot of questions through around some of the things that we've never even thought about like, like the most ridiculous things they feel ridiculous to us but things like where do I park when I come in for an interview? Do you have a dental plan? Perfect. Join the company? Yeah. Perfect. I loved it. Like this is what this is what we talk about all yeah. the time. Stop <laughs> creating content based on your own assumption of what somebody yeah. wants to hear. Yeah. Start using actual insights from real people. People That's, want to know how to get yeah. to their office. They want to know all these small things. As well as as like the the, the sort of like complicated sort of like uh, like we were talking about like engineering details yeah. like all the mm. they want to know. They have like a various sort of like they have a range of things they're they they are interested about and you are not the person to decide what that is. They are. And based yeah. on what they tell you, based on what candidates and what based on what employees tell tell you that they are interested in, mm. you then create content that is gonna provide them with their answer. And I think the key aspect here is Say that you ask a candidate, you 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 you're in a candidate interview, and you they really seem to care about the working from home policy. And we're not saying that you have to adapt your content to suit that candidate. You just have to answer their question because it's not your job as like an employer to adapt yourself to every candidate that comes through your door. It's your job to provide them with clear and clean answers so that they can make a decision and select in or select out of the process, ideally themselves, before even contacting you. Yeah, for sure. What what's the just just on this, because this is I guess this is this is something else that's been on this is on my mind and it's probably uh, worth exploring this before we, we wrap up this this episode. As as candidates going through the um the process, do we feel like we assume too much about what they actually want? versus what they actually tell us they want. And also, can creating content like we spoke about earlier, even just having conversations for different different stages of the process. So when someone applies, for example, you don't want to hit them. So if I'm hiring for a software engineer to hit apply, you don't want to hit them with technical content straight away because they probably don't care about, about that stuff. But 
is it is it fair to say that there should be different elements of content and different formats of content depending on which stage in the process we're at or do we think that that's just like overkill it's tough to understand what people want at different stages of the journey like how do you feel about that side of things but why you said like i disagree like you said they probably don't care about that stuff what do we know like well fair. Like, yeah, yeah that that's another assumption you made right on the spot but i would mm. I, I don't know you don't know i don't or maybe you do but like i don't know like so, so 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 like this idea that someone might not want to hear like the technical aspect maybe that's the only thing they're interested in maybe and, it's all they care about yeah, yeah yeah so so i would really like challenge like all kinds of assumption that you have and and like always go back to uh always go back to those insights. And then like we, I mean, in the class, we talk about this a lot, like like simply w w what we end up saying at the end is moving your recruitment marketing efforts to include basically all parts of the funnel. So like traditionally people only try to, people, I would say traditionally people gatekeep their information after you've heard of the company so you you sort of the brand awareness stage and like people mm. stay on that stage and then anything when it comes to education uh, consideration and even like application everything is gatekeep until you've applied and so what we're pushing people to do is to sort of like create content that is going to serve those entire three to four mm. steps of the funnel in order to in order for candidate to self-select in or out of the process um nice i feel like we haven't answered your question but <laughs> what's your sophia what's your like what's your and this is putting you on the spot because this hasn't been planned at all so <laughs> apologies in advance but what, what's your what's your one bit of advice and i know there's heaps of advice this is very cliche um it's like asking elon musk what his one piece of advice is for growing like three billion dollar companies or whatever but what elon what's Ross. your like one piece of advice for recruiters who are sat there today they just spend in like every waking day on linkedin recruiters sending cold outbound messages through some sort of sourcing platform um what what would you what would you say to them today if they wanted to start some sort of content program to get to get started well i'm not a big fan of sourcing or just cold in mail so that's number one i would say stop doing that and instead go and try to like have proper conversations with the people that you're looking for. So say that you're recruiting for a marketing manager, go to the marketing team and actually sit down with them and see what they're saying. Where are they hanging out? What's their social media like presence? What do they care about? And start like educating yourself around that talent pool um, to actually understand it much better than just sending out cold in mails and like we said post and pray i hate that i'm yeah. all about start start gathering information about the specific candidates that you're, you're looking, looking for, for and like you said start writing content start with something something small something easy something that actually can can make you relevant to the candidate but then you have to take perspective thinking into consideration you have to step away from like we just talked about me myself what do I like what what do I get inspired by I'm not on TikTok so therefore no one is on TikTok like go and ask the people 
really the ones that you're looking for. If it's software engineers, go and talk to that team, see what they they care about and start start investigating with a curious mindset on how you can get to know that audience much better. But when it comes to like candidate pools, that is something that we all talk a lot about that we should spend a lot more focus on. And I feel like we really should. In one of the companies that I was recently, we had 12,000 talents in our ATS system. None of them we ever reached out to. And those are 12,000 people who have showed interest in your business, in your company. There's, it's so easy to, yes, it's true. So it's so easy to create nurturing campaigns. And when we say campaign directly, people are going to be like, oh, I don't know how to do a campaign. Oh, I don't know how to do paid ads. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about creating content that could be behind the scenes. That could be a sit down, just answering a few questions on what's happening right now in a specific field. And then you can send that out to a target like group that you already have a connection with in your ATS system. So say that you, as I said, looking for marketing managers, send a piece of content out to all the marketing professionals that, that is relevant in that pool that you already have. And that could be so simple, but like reconnect, keep, keep in contact, stay curious and really stop just sending cold emails. Don't, don't do it. That's going to yeah. hurt the brand instead of strengthen it in my beliefs. So to me, I would stop that for a bit and spend all that time that you're putting into sending out cold emails to actually have conversation internally, like get to know people in house, understand what they're they are working on understanding their challenges and then go out and just try other things on social media on different communities that's that's it you know um one thing i've taken from this and i've never really i've never really analyzed like life as a recruiter like this before but like everything's got a version one hasn't it even mm -hmm. sourcing with the whole include content into sourcing I think in the past on this podcast, we've been guilty of thinking about like, just go big bang very quickly. Like if you want to go test ads, go test ads. But actually you're right. Like you've got 12,000 people in an ATS, for example, go and test whether campaigns work inside of the ATS and the data that you have. And then what would happen if you create an audience on Facebook with those email addresses to then just slowly start giving them more content through the social feed? Like what happens? Because after you've sent exactly. that email, you don't get a response. Where do you go from there? Usually they're just so focused on selling jobs and it's the wrong time or there's no intent or whatever, that there's nowhere to go. And so they burn through people so quickly, which is which is kind of, yeah, the thing that I take from this is test as much as you can, as quickly as you can. And, and there's just always, like, always a version one of doing things, which brings us back nicely to what you folks are doing with the Hire With Content Masterclass. Um, where can people find you if they want to talk about content marketing within within recruitment? Benja, where's the best place to get you? I would say the best place the base the best place to get to me is LinkedIn. That's where I'm the most active. I would say, both as a creator but also like engaging with people. So just I think my DMs are completely open on LinkedIn. So that's you can just reach out. And uh, yeah, obviously like on the on the master on the masterclass itself. Uh, you can find out hirewithcontent.com and awesome. I'm excited to do it. And, and Sophia, you just said you don't have TikTok, so people aren't going to be 
finding me there. LinkedIn Sorry, for you too. Sorry, you won't find me there. Yeah, LinkedIn for me as well. <laughs> TikTok awesome. is the second place you can find me. So yeah, <laughs> TikTok is banned, not me. I, I, honestly, I've had to delete it just because of my screen time. It's too addictive. Like between that that week between Christmas and New Year, the screen time just went like through the roof. It was uh, seven awesome. hours just of TikToks. That's yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, it's been a it's been a real pleasure. I I enjoy speaking to you both, and there's probably a heap of other episodes we can we can cram into to lots of different topics. But thank you for putting it together. I'm excited to see what happens with the Hire with Content Masterclass, and you are always welcome back whenever. All right. Awesome. Thank we'll you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Pleasure. Nathan. See you soon. Bye. Recruiter, you didn't sign up for a world where you spend all day in the DMs of strangers. You're ignored, rejected. Those people don't know you. That's about to change.